Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Capita. Capita's software solution seeks to automate the equity management process for startups, including workflows around cap tables, ESOPs, due diligence, and transactions. Sign up at Capita.com to get started with your digital cap table, ESOP, award granting, and all things equity. Free for companies with under 25 stakeholders. Also powered by Limitless Connect. Limitless Connect can provide digital CX solutions. The teams of Limitless Connect have years of CX experience, which equip them as the driving contact centers in the future. Sign up for a free consultation with Limitless Connect at www.limitlesscx.com. With Limitless Connect by your side, anything is possible. And brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by Gokongwei Group and Ayala Corporation, the companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific, Robinsons, Ayala Malls, and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Definitely, you know, when you're networking, just be genuine. And again, you know, it's a two-way street. Identify, you know, how you could help them, you know, in the hope that maybe, yeah, maybe later along the line that they can help you. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. 
Now here's your host, Ronster Baityong. Welcome to the latest episode of Share Podcast. I finally got this guy. I've been knowing you for almost a decade, right? Again, <laughs> shout out to my man Alexis and Chris for hooking us up. But I've been seeing you frequently now all around <laughs> yes. the world. And again, I was like, man, I've heard of the legend of Lyle Del Mundo from other people, but I've never actually understand and dissected. Man, I always get secondhand information of who, who you are and what you've been doing, but I gotta find out myself. Oh. <laughs> All right, but before I get carried away, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Lyle Del Mundo. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> welcome to the show, Lyle. Finally, bro, we're we're here. Thank you. We're bro. here. Thank we're you here. for having me. Again, big fan of what you do, and I've heard the legend from Chris, from Alexis, from multiple people who's known you and all they say are great awesome things about you now what I want to understand is you've done amazing work but I, before I get carried away I need to ask you the million dollar question sure Lyle what's your hustle my hustle really is connecting the dots connecting yeah. the dots so alright pretty much in a nutshell what I do is uh, because that's really the million dollar question like hundreds of people ask me like you can't really figure out what I do but yeah. I think in a condensed version mm-hmm. I would say I monetize my relationships and mm. doing by doing professional introductions god yeah so it's a network play right yeah. you can't monetize something you don't have right, that's right. and that's, that's amazing right. now again if that's if you're a great connector you obviously didn't build this overnight so i need you to buckle up real quick my sure. man sure sure because we're going to have to ride the hustle share time machine I've been doing this for four years now, and that shit never gets old. Right? <laughs> I, I get the same reaction. Like, what the fuck did I just hear? <laughs> right? But I want to understand, Lyle, again, you're obviously proudly Filipino. But yes. what was it like growing up? Were you born here? Were you born in the States? How was that like? I was born in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, uh, the Midwest. Yes. Right. Born and raised. Shot town. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then eventually moved out to the suburbs. Uh, Got it. Glendale Heights. Um, okay. Specifically. Which at the time, I didn't realize like how densely populated the Filipino community was there. Glendale, California. Glendale Heights, Illinois. Illinois? Yeah. I did not know. All right. yeah. No, yeah, you wouldn't even think. You know, but just to kind of give you mm-hmm. idea of how many Filipinos there were, like my kindergarten class out of 32 kids, at least like 12 of us were Filipino. Wow, that's yeah. a third. That's a solid yes, third. Yeah. Wow, okay. Uh, so yeah, I mean... As far as diversity back then, Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I don't want to date myself, but, (laughs) you know, like, uh, it was very interesting growing up in that neighborhood, you know, Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, there's people like me that that look like me. Right. And also there was, you know, um, back then, like, racism was very, very, like, prominent. Like, obviously growing up as Filipinos, Mm -hmm. we've heard every racial slur possible, you know. Yep. Ching to Goop Jap, right. you know, like everything, everything you mm-hmm. know, because they couldn't really figure out what the <laughs> Filipinos were. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right. so obviously, uh, you know, because they're angry with us or for whatever reason, they mm-hmm. just, whatever came to their mind first, yep. you know, that's what they called us. That's amazing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously overcoming that was, you know, their strength in numbers and, yep. you know. Um, At least you weren't alone. Because yeah, I've heard correct. some Filipinos, like I've had a guest before, he grew up in a random town in Texas and he's the only Filipino kid. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure there's hundreds of stories like that. Right. Uh, but I want to understand now. So at least there is 
people that look like you had the same culture, same heritage per se. Correct. But I want to understand in terms of heritage, right? Yes. We come through, but with each heritage comes a chip on your shoulder. Because mm-hmm. again, discrimination is one thing. Yep. But also, sometimes we even discriminate ourselves because of our parentage. Like, all right, you need to be a nurse. You need to be a... Did you have that growing up? Were there boxes or were there you were, were you confined on... Hey, you should only do this, or were you free to really take on what you wanted to do? No, yeah, definitely. Just like most immigrant Filipino families, you know, they really wanted the best for their kids. And yeah. part of that was professionally what was accessible, right? Mm. So, yes, of course, my parents, like my dad, uh, he was an engineer, you know, he mm. wanted me to follow his yeah. specific career path. And my mom, she worked in the public sector, so she worked uh, for the state. State of Illinois. Wow. Yeah. She didn't necessarily, what I appreciate my mom about my mom was she didn't necessarily want me to take a specific career path, like in the medical industry or mm-hmm. a lawyer or whatever. She just wanted me to be happy. Mm. I mean, my dad too. But at the time, mm. you know, the first thing that they wanted us that was accessible was, you know, like those professional career paths, like being yep. an engineer, a nurse, or, yep. you know, accountant, a lawyer, doctor, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, I think I had a whole different mm-hmm. train of thought. My first job, you know, while, you know, my classmates were doing the typical mowing lawns or doing mm. a paper route, okay. uh, my first job was I was 12 years old. All right. And me and a bunch of my buddies started a mobile DJ business. Whoa. Yeah. So, yeah. So we wow. were, yeah, we were DJing our sixth, seventh, eighth grade into high school dances. That is amazing. So, yeah. At 12. You know, 12, I mean, right. and when you're DJing, how much were you guys making at that point? Because again, all right, this is this is what <laughs> so a buck twenty. What, what, yeah, what that, that's pretty much. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty much at the time. That's what they were giving us. You know, their budget was like, uh, I want to say it was like a hundred. Yeah, you're you almost hit it on the nose. I believe it was like a hundred fifty dollars. Wow, for a three hour dance, mm-hmm. it's like fifty dollars an hour, mm. right? But then again, since I had partners. Ah, you had to split it up. Yeah, we had to still chop that mm-hmm. up, right? But I mean, it was something that we enjoyed doing. Yeah. You know, back then, that was also, well, when we were born, and shout mm-hmm. out to Hip Hop 50. So, this, yeah, this year is the 50th anniversary of hip hop. Back then, like B Boying, yep. like uh, graffiti, mm-hmm. you know, um, DJing, MCing, like that was elements of hip hop that was. Right you know, the cool thing to do mm-hmm. and which is another reason why we pursued that That's is because amazing. where we grow up, grew up, it was interesting because it was cool to be Filipino, uh, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. So non-Filipinos wanted to be Filipino because we were the ones that were really set cool kids. Yeah. We were setting those trends, nice. you know, we're the best dancers. Mm-hmm. Obviously we're the best DJs, but that was, you know, my experience growing up. That's uh, amazing. Yeah. And again, Again, it's such a varied experience for a lot of Filipino Americans that I've gone through. So, so some had it good like you, or at least not as bad as some people who are just really isolated and are pariahs and how they grew up and had to really stack up a lot of chips on their shoulder just to give themselves <laughs> a chance. Yeah. But I want to understand, Lyle, because again, what I'm seeing here is at the very core, the very foundation, that you really had amazing networking skills. Because of that. I want to understand the skill stack. So I always dissect this. Yeah. What were the first skills that you think you developed early on that eventually you kept just doubling down on 
over the years. Yeah, I think like it helped a lot that I was, you know, very extroverted. Mm. So like even at a young age, I was able to, you know, strike up a conversation with just the most random person on the street. Yep. Be in any room and own it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a lot of the times, like that stuff is, uh, you can't like be taught. Mm. So yeah, for me, it was very natural. Came naturally. Yeah. I guess that's probably one of the talents that God's blessed me with because I can't sing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like um, <laughs> like a stereotypical Filipino. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. I mean, I have this microphone in my mouth right now, and I'm thinking like in my head, you know, when's the karaoke gonna start? Like that's, but I mean, <laughs> maybe after this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's a useful tool mm-hmm. to be able to have basic conversation with anybody, right? Nice. Like, and being like organic in the conversation, and also. Yeah being approachable like a lot yeah. of people you already know this like there's some people that you just look at them they're like uh, uh no there's this bad juju with this yeah, like yeah 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 right. yeah i mean i mean look, look what i'm wearing right now I mean, like it's <laughs> he's wearing a white a, sh- a shirt with a smile big ass smile on it yeah it's so, jollibee's face i think yeah it is yes <laughs> so it's very welcoming you know like uh people want to engage with you and Honestly, I didn't even think about like that until now. But yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I guess, recognize the brand. Rather. Yeah, I, I guess that's a re- just a reflection of my personality. So yes, and again, very welcome, very warm, and you just gravitate towards that. But yeah. how did you turn that into a weapon all of a sudden? So again, oh. early on, yeah, you do all of this thing, being a cool kid, and when again adulthood comes in, you gotta put up or start becoming an adult. Yes, walk me through that process of. All right, I knew I was blessed with this. I knew how to wield that power. What were the first hustles that you did? Ooh, dude, like as an adult, I had to learn quick early on, you know, because I had uh, my oldest daughter, Elena, mm-hmm. at a young age. You know, I was uh, 18 years old when I had her. So, you know, obviously that was one of my driving forces mm-hmm. that I had to obviously hustle a lot harder, right? So when I was old enough to get an actual job, obviously I went the retail route first during, yep. during the day. Mm-hmm. And then at night, continue DJing still. Yeah, that was, you know, throughout high school. Okay. Then after that, I started going to, you know, after high school, like, uh, which I didn't graduate, just to be, wow. yeah, a lot of people are just like, oh, what high school did you graduate from? Or do you have a college degree? And None. Whoa, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, none. So I, uh, You had to really grind for everything at yeah, that point on. Yeah, I was blessed to be able to get to where I'm at now without the oh education. You know, um, pretty much is just learning off the street, you know. Yeah. Um, you but know. experience though. Yes, I mean. yes. Definitely experience. You know, building, you know, I think what works with what I do is build decades of relationship capital you know, with so many different people yep. in multiple industries, you know, and I'm able to navigate from music, TV and film mm. to an- animation, dance, right. like whatever, right? Like it doesn't matter what industry you're in, gaming, you know, like I pretty much have a relationship with, yeah. you know. That's some, why your name gets thrown out there so often. Like, like, like there's only one loud that I know. <laughs> <laughs> that matters at least. Yeah. Right. So um, I want to understand now. Okay. So you didn't get the education. Yeah. That must have been, I can just try to imagine, trying to empathize with you here. Most people will probably like have massive imposter syndrome everywhere they go mm-hmm. because they'll be like, shit, I don't have, I'm not one of these guys. Or you have massive chip on your shoulder. Like I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to out hustle you and I'm going to get where I want to be because I didn't have it easy. Like most of y'all guys do. Yeah. So yeah. you're grinding these two jobs 
and I'm looking at your LinkedIn, you ended up doing being national event manager in Goodyear Dunlop. Yeah. And whatnot. Right. And how did you get into that world of the professional oh. stuff, even if you didn't have that education? So honestly, I want to say I got into marketing from the skills I learned from being a nightclub promoter in Chicago. Yes. So, which is where we first connected right. when, you told me, when you told <laughs> me about your- Nightlife origin yeah. story. Exactly. So mm -hmm. my nightlife origin story, I was one of the first Filipino-specific nightclub promoters that were doing 21 and over events in Chicago. Ooh. So our first event, uh, which is why it's in my tagline, Connecting the Dots since 97, is nice. in 97 was the first nightclub event that I actually did. Bruh. There was other, obviously, Filipino and Asian promoters at the time, but a lot of people didn't really believe that 21 and over would work. Wow. So like our first event was on a Sunday. It was like December 18th. Actually, now that I think about it, that's my, which is my son's birthday, December 18th nice. of 97, uh -huh. a snowy day, but- okay. And we did it at the time at one of the biggest nightclubs in Chicago, and we were able to pull 800 people what? for my first event, Yeah, which was, Amazing. It was my old company, Dynasty Entertainment. But so th with that skill and being able to bring people together, mm -hmm. you know, as a nightclub promoter, I think the natural pivot is to go into marketing, which is what we did was, you know, uh, we've worked with all the biggest record labels in the world yeah. and meeting like a lot of those record label reps, mm -hmm. you know, they started hiring me because they knew that. Filipinos love hip hop, you know, yep. um, as far as popular <laughs> culture. It wasn't yep. at the time, uh, EDM was also a big yep. thing, like house music was a big thing, but we were really just mm -hmm. hip hop focused. Yeah. <laughs> you know, once I started working with the labels, yep. it just kept on snowballing. So yep. then the liquor company started working with us, the tobacco company started working with us because we had a, such a niche market, yeah. you know, which was uh, for the Filipino Asian community. They know that we're consuming the exact same things as everyone else, yep. if not more. So that was probably the natural pivot, mm -hmm. which I encourage like all nightclub promoters. Like if, if you guys okay. are looking for the next step and you know, want to kind of st still stay in that lane. Right. Marketing definitely would be the next part of your journey. Absolutely. And I, I want to zero in on nightlife because again, you guys are either living under a rock, been doing this for four years. And if you just listen to the podcast, my very first startup was a nightlife app in Manila. Mm -hmm. it became the biggest nightlife app in the Philippines. Shout out to Alexis because we did it together at the very early stage. And then I, I just took it on to whatever it would have been. But couple of things that, again, I have ma massive respect for nightlife promoters because it's a grind. Yeah. People think that you just get people there and get fucked up and have a good time. No, it is a science. Oh, yeah. More than an art. And that's what I wanted to ask now. What's the science? What's the grind of an effective nightlife promoter? And number two, which is I respect you for doing this. How do you not shit where you eat? Because the good ones that I've seen that are really able to transform and pivot and to evolve into other industries are the ones who are able to borderline get there but not cross the line where you're about to fuck your life up, yeah, yeah. right? They stayed in their lane where you don't take that irreversible action where you're going down on a downward spiral, Yeah, right? They still kept, they respected where they ate because it was their grind, it was yeah. their hustle. Yeah, so yeah. two things, What walk me through that grind what makes a great nightlife promoter and what are the things you typically do to get people together? And yeah. second, how did you put in that discipline where don't shit where you eat? Yeah. So I think the first part of that two-part question is what's important as a nightlife promoter, promoter for anything, mm -hmm. period, is obviously being able to understand your consumer base. Yes. You know, the people that you're servicing, right? Because, yeah. you know, and especially like in nightlife, I mean, everybody likes to party, but yep. can you bring like 
that vibe where people will continue to come back, you know, pr- like bring that service, if you Correct. if you will, like you're really providing a service to them, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and making sure that everyone's having a good time. Mm-hmm. So for us, like it was, you know, because we work with a lot of liquor brands, there you go. They would sponsor us, and then we would, myself and the other promoters, you know, um, that I worked with, help ensure people were having a good time by endorsing some of the brands that were sponsoring us. Ah. Yeah. So we would play this game, like I'll give you an example. We would play this game where we would walk the room and if we saw someone like who's not having a good time or looking bored, okay. we'd approach them and like, hey, I have a random question. How long could you hold your breath? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, you know, they would say like- Did I, I pass out? Yeah. Five <laughs> seconds, 10 seconds, whatever. Right. And they're like, okay, well, let's cut that number in half. All right. Tilt your head back and then we would start pouring liquor down the Are throat. you fucking <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting flashes of the shit that I did too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right, yep. bottle so, service straight down the pipe. Yeah, right that's there. right. Right into your mouth. Anyway, <laughs> which was eventually one of the biggest vodka brands in the world wow. ended up hiring me to do, you know, which na- brand? Uh, Ciroc vodka. Ciroc. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was probably one of the brands that helped also empower nightclub promoters nationwide because I would work and hire like the biggest nightclub Filipino Asian nightclub promoters in other markets. Is that how you met Chris? Yes. That's a a part of it. Shout out to Chris Miguel Dabon. Yes. Yes, for sure. My godmother. Uh, Oh, really? Because they were my godmother in my wedding. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Shout out to Ninang. There you go. (laughs) Ninang, Chris, and Ninang Alexis. (laughs) All right. So... uh, Again, the second part, how did you make sure you didn't shit where you eat? Because I've seen this. Oh, yeah. Nightlife has a way to either fuck you up or just elevate you to another level. Yeah. Right? Because most people, again, it's an ego game. People think, everybody thinks that, I, I've heard this so many times in nightlife more than I've heard in any setting. Mm-hmm. Ron, you're the man. Thank you so much. This is an amazing time. You let that go to your head? And you think that you're a fucking rock star? And you, you come through the next day thinking that you own the place? You're fucked. Yeah. Right? How did you make sure that you didn't shit where you eat? Uh, well, a couple of things. You know, there was obviously humbling yourself is very important. Having children also. Yes. That was also a very humbling kept experience for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it really kept me grounded. You know, there's actually some also some techniques that I would use that bartenders actually use. Okay. So even though we were like bottle feeding like people liquor. You dilute you know, them? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, or I would carry a bottle of water. Yes, or, yeah. that's me. Yeah, or a bottle of Coke, right? And, yes. um, you know, so that- you It know, looks like it's Jack Coke, yes, but yeah. it's just Coke. Yeah, or, you know, like, I would, oh, this is my chaser. You yeah. know, but I would actually be <laughs> spitting the liquor back into the bottle. Right. You know, I mean, I, I totally get it. I mean, like, you know, we're celebrating, right? Mm-hmm. As, you mm-hmm. know, people are consuming, you know, mm-hmm. we're celebrating whatever it is, their birthday, mm-hmm. celebrating life, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. They had a long week. Mm-hmm. So being a effective promoter, like you had to be in that moment with them. Correct. And obviously to maintain that relationship. Exactly. You know, it was important to celebrate with them and, exactly. and consume with them, right? Yes. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean Doesn't mean, that, mean you get fucked up too late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. fuck them up, not you. Yeah, there yeah, you yeah. Go. But I mean, I openly admit, I mean, I had there have been times. Yes, there where, are times that you cross the chasm, yes. but as long as you're conscious that, hey, you know, there's a barrier of one to two drinks. Yes. Then after that, it's a downward spiral. <laughs> 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 right. But okay, now let's take our first break and when we come back, we'll discuss now 
how you did professionalize the hustle after nightlife and how did you expand your network across the board formally and get to what you're doing now. We'll oh, yeah. about, For sure. We'll talk about that more after the break. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, Hustlers, have you struggled to find authentic branded products in the Philippines online and offline? I get it. And I have good news for you, Hustlers, because Shoppable Business has got you covered. Shoppable Business is a Filipino-owned marketplace founded right here in the Philippines with a vision to digitize the procurement process, making authentic branded products accessible to everyone. Shoppable Business's goal is to make e-commerce better, build trust, and be more accessible for you. Offering the best prices, faster shipping, top-notch selection, and unmatched product authenticity all at your fingertips. And I personally would vouch for them because we were able to build and assemble our studio in Podcast Network Asia just because of Shoppable. And without them, we would have taken forever to assemble that studio. Because of them, we have a world-class podcast studio. So discover exclusive deals at Shoppable Business today and enjoy 5,000 pesos off with a minimum of 50,000 pesos purchase and 30-day credit terms for buyers. Sellers can also start for free and earn zero commissions on their first 500,000 pesos in sales. So just go to shoppable.ph and mention that you came from HustleShare so you can get the discount. Again, just go to shoppable.ph. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCon PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. 
And we're back in the break. We are still with Lai Del Mundo who just gave me a... I went through the time machine myself because uh, everything that he just told me basically just gave me flashbacks of shit I did here in Manila. Right? The little things like marketing when you're saying you're pouring bottles or, or liquor into people's mouths. <laughs> I made sure one of the things I did here in the Philippines, I did this first. I hired a photographer that went from club to club to club on that night. And all I did was, yo, you got to take the craziest shit ever document it and make it look <laughs> like it was the best night ever right so That's i don't awesome. know girls kissing girls people throwing up that bottle shit and again cleavages whatever it's these are things that never get old till now yeah right and again but i don't <laughs> cross the line never shat where i ate yep. and i did the same techniques you did water coke yep. yeah Pretend that you're drunk. Yep. But in the end, like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm sleepy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My hard stop is always 1 a.m. Yep. 1 a.m. And if I stay furthermore, I'm fucked the next day. Because yep. as you grow older, the recovery time is just getting it, it oh, gets worse. Oh, my God. Tell me about it. It's, it's worse. But again, you've done this for a while. But what was the transition to do non-nightlife stuff and really do marketing? And how did you double down in that opportunity that you've seen? There's a couple of opportunities that presented itself. So, you know, also back then, mm -hmm. simultaneously while I was doing, you know, like obviously we're talking about the grind and the hustle, yep. right? Like, you know, we were multiple hats. Mm -hmm. Like the early 90s, early 2000s, you know, was also a time of cultural identity. Right? Yep. So a part of that cultural identity was the import car scene. Ooh. Yeah. So, you know, because that was... Really, as Asian Americans, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. in the diaspora globally, mm -hmm. that was a part of our lifestyle. Yep. And those, that's kind of like where I started focusing on those specific parts of our life that was a part of our lifestyle. Nice. So whether it was promoting the Filipino American musicians at the time, like Kai or Panay, Drop in Harmony, Jocelyn, mm -hmm. you know, I would bring them to Chicago nice. to perform, you know, which is also another thing that kind of separated us from everyone else's. We would do like live performances like that. Um, that stuff. And then simultaneously, you know, because of the car scene. So whenever they would come into town, you know, like Hot Empire Nights, they would come into town. We would be supportive of the event, obviously, because it was a part of our lifestyle. But also I was able to, fortunately, was able to work with Goodyear Tires or Dunlop Tires. Yep. Which eventually became one of the national, you know, marketing, event marketing managers for that. Mm -hmm. So I would tour with hot import nights mm -hmm. <laughs> because dunlop was one of the biggest you know sponsors of their entire tour that's amazing and that's where i was able to also meet and build relationships with you know and maintain relationships with other promoters nationwide because obviously after the mm -hmm. car show was done uh -huh. all, right, all right what are we gonna do <laughs> <laughs> so straight to the club yeah yeah, yeah. there you go <laughs> so yeah people that knew me knew mm -hmm. i already established these relationships with these local nightclub promoters and nice. they would just follow me Absolutely. you know naturally to like the Pied Piper yeah right <laughs> I don't want to say that but, uh, but the Pied Piper yeah led you to the club yeah not to death right that's yeah. amazing so all right in this thing I want to dissect several things so mm -hmm. okay you're now just kept doubling down but were there certain people you started to know that were just breakthrough that that comes to mind like shit i now have access to this and did you now have an epiphany over how you can wield that power by connecting them together because again 
naturally you ha- it's a talent now. It's yeah. nat- comes naturally. All right, come through. People will just follow. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, when yeah. you now understood the science, like shit, I can do this without having to get effed up every night, then that's a total different hustle. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah. get to free up more time and more opportunities because the network effects are there. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, them yeah. again. This is very obvious in how people talk about you. Everybody's name drops Lyle, mm. right? But I don't know why. But. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice name too. Nice, nice ring to it too, yeah. right? But how did that come to fruition? That that shit. I now have access to this. And what did you now unlock? Because again, you, that started with the Dunlop tires, with the, yeah. with the cars. But were there other groups that you now had access to that just opened more opportunities for you? Definitely, I think there's a lot of multiple access points that okay. kind of like pulled in all together because it was a part mm. of a lifestyle. So for one, I had access to talent, mm. specifically mainstream talent. Like? Like from the like from the Black Eyed Peas, the Gen Z, R. Kelly at the time. Bruh. R. Kelly before he, yeah. he came clean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows at the time. And, um, and then they would, pretty much because I partnered with a lot of the record labels, yep. Whenever they're touring in town, you know, they would be paid to make appearances at like a lot of the urban events, Mm. but the record label reps would offer, oh, you want to try something different? You know, and then they would take them to an all Filipino, all Asian event, which for them, they're just like, wow. Um, Blows them away. Yeah. 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 But also, so developing relationships with the talent. But I think another thing too, that was accessible was working with you know, different brands that would f- help fund mm-hmm. these type of events. And mm-hmm. I would share that with the other nightclub promoters nationwide. Nice. So I think like, and where I kind of pulled all of that together was back in 2008. Mm-hmm. I did a nightlife conference, an Asian nightlife conference in Chicago. Are you kidding me? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty interesting because, you know, we brought in like the promoters from New York, to mm, California, mm, mm. Seattle, to like Miami. Coast to coast. Yeah. So, mm. and then we put them through different, this is, you know, what I still advocate and enjoy doing is helping empower our community. So mm-hmm. the different workshops that we had was like, one was on sponsorship specifically. How Dang. to go after corporate sponsorship, putting a basic deck together, a proposal, you know. Right, um, right. And helping ensure that if a brand was going to believe in what you're doing, mm-hmm. what the return was it for them. Correct. Yeah. So that concept, you know, back then was, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't really taught. Yeah. In to, school? Yeah. In school. It's yeah. a science. Yeah. That, it's an art that you had to turn to a science. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Access to working with big brands and access to that type of capital. And then, you know. Pretty much from that conference, not only did they build relationships nationwide, where even mm. till today, like some of the same promoters are still working together. They're mm. in multiple cities. But I think it's very important that, especially as Filipino, Filipino-Americans, you know, that we empower, you know, our own people. Yeah. I quote one of my board members um, of this new creative nonprofit that we uh, launched about six months ago, mm-hmm. Byron Atienza. Shout out to Byron. Shout out. I quote him every single time and what he says in a lot of, like we've spoken on a couple of panels together and what really strikes with me is that he always says, like part of the issue with, unfortunately within our community is there's yeah. like this systemic ecosystem yes. that's been developed over the years. Crab mentality, man. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, for sure. And once we're able to get over that and actually develop yeah. an ecosystem, Correct. you know, then obviously our entire community will thrive. You know, yeah. like, I myself, I mean, 
I'm a little older. <laughs> Tito Lyle, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it took me a long time to understand that. It's not zero sum. Yeah. And, but, you know, I can't do everything, right? Like when you're young, you, you think that, you know. You're invincible. You yes. Whatever. Yeah. But now we really need to collaborate, you know, cultivating these type of relationships and trying to figure out how we could help each other. I think mm. that's kind of like putting our best foot forward and yeah. helping create path for the future for our children, right? Mm. Like that's something that wasn't really taught to us early on, you know, yeah. like uh, having a succession plan. That's what we're trying to do now, try to help provide those resources and tools, mm-hmm. you know, so that our community has a better opportunity, a better right. chance to. Um, For the next generation and right. also setting the right culture, I guess, because you're right. I've seen this happen and that's a typical Filipino trait. Mm-hmm. It's grab mentality. Yep. Zero sum. That's why I'm so amazed of how what you've been able to do. If you were able to create that conference of Asian promoters in the Chicago Dude, I've never seen that collaborations. I've back home here, dude. I've seen freaking promoters freaking backstab each other. They say oh, they, yeah. they 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 homies, but in the end, like fuck that, nah, fuck yeah. like, I hate that guy, right? Yeah, I mean that's how that happens. That happens, know? but again, you eventually become an adult and you realize, man, we're just singing the same thing. And in order for us to all win, we have to work together. Correct, right? Because Correct. if not, then it's a race to the bottom. We're that's all, right. We we're all just gonna be. Messed up. But one thing I really understand, Lyle, is you understood now that the power uh, and you turned that into a science. Mm -hmm. When did it start becoming monetarily advantageous for you? Aside from what you've seen in in a normal promoter's hustle, right? Because now you're able to then monetize this network. How did that materialize and how did that provide the living that you had to go through? And again, that one thing that I, I really admire with you is that everyone that talks about you, I've been saying this the whole episode, is there's respect. And for me as a founder, what matters the most to me is not, oh, how many listens do you have in your podcast, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Dude, it means the world to me when I get the respect of my fellow founders. Because that's respect begets respect right there. Oh, you yeah. live that. that These that, are uh, facts. Yeah. Facts. How did that materialize for you where, oh my God, this is a real business. Mm-hmm. I need to act like a real founder, like a real CEO. Yeah. And build the team that you said, because you couldn't do it alone. Yes, for sure. I mean, there's definitely, it's never been about me. It's about we, right? So, mm. you know, I would say when I really started seeing that there was real, like, sustainable living doing this yeah. was, uh, I mean, it probably at least at least 20 years ago. Nice. I mean, it, it took a moment to to get to that, but where I could just pretty much freely, if I just want to sleep all day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's barely been about 20 years ago where it, I've been able to truly see that, mm-hmm. you know, I could make this as a living professionally. Nice. The process going through that, there's a lot of trials and tribulations, you know, okay. <laughs> you know like a lot Down of up, there. Yeah, a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so unfortunately, like obviously, I'm, I've I and I owe up to it. Like I've made poor decisions in the yep. past, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm the same person that I was 20 years ago, right? Yeah. I think the best thing to do is just continue to move forward mm-hmm. and identify like opportunities that will benefit everyone as a whole. There you go. Yeah. I'll just deep down, uh, deep dive on that. Were there specific mistakes that you said you're thinking that, again, all right, that really left an indelible lesson for you 
And what did you learn from those? I would say a lot of, I would say some of the mistakes. Too that, many drinks? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, Should have drank that 151. Yeah. Right. Yeah, besides those, you know, um, <laughs> you know, I think some of the mistakes that I've made and that I've learned not to continue to make those mistakes, a lot of them honestly were financial. Mm. You know, like um, financial literacy, I think for a lot of people, isn't really taught as it should be in the household. Yep. Especially uh, in the Filipino. Yes. Uh, money. They don't really talk about money, no. which is unfortunate. And I believe if I had that type of like education at home, yeah, then I wouldn't have made those mistakes or yeah. made those poor decisions. Yeah. Sayang. Yeah. There you go. Super, super. And then, right. you know, because of those type of mistakes, you know, obviously I've like burnt bridges or relationships mm. which you know like i'm not the same person i was 20 yeah. years ago right you know we all grow up yes there you go. yeah we learn from that and mm. again you know like a lot of us have children now so it's yeah. like we can't afford to make those same type of dis- bad decisions <laughs> make it rain with supreme guns yeah. <laughs> yes yeah we can no longer do that but, no all right last question before we take our first break walk me now through the current version of you said again you've grown up and what's the daily grind of what you do now? And why are you so, so connected? Again, for those who are listening to this, this guy is Bretman Rock to the Philippines, <laughs> right? Bretman fucking rock, dude. Are you kidding me? Again, the, having that access to those people now was built through years and years of connections and respect being given to you. But what's that daily grind now that, again, fast forward to the future or the present, how did you get here? And what do you do on a day-to-day? I got here, just like you had mentioned, building years and decades of types of relationships mm-hmm. and being recommended by other people. Yep, that's the respect right there. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like how, where I got to where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear, you know, um, I'm not like the only person that brought Bretman Rock in. Okay. I mean, they're, they're, he's here for multiple reasons. There you go. And definitely shout out to a very old friend friend of mine, Pia Campos. You know, it was shout out. Yeah, it was really her that initiated even the conversation of having him come wow. over. Okay. I just helped assist. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, the layup. Or, there you go. You know, that's that's <laughs> <laughs> finish the shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what's very important professionally and even in your personal life is building a strong relationship. There's a lot of people don't really understand. It's a it's a two way street, right? Like it's yes. give and take. And like, most of the time, you need to give first. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. I mean, and I think for me, part of that connecting the dots yes. is always trying to identify how I could help you first yes. be- before, you know. You harvest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ask you to help me for whatever reason. Yep. Right? Like, even if I didn't even know what you did professionally, yeah. knowing that. That's a promoter in you, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get you in the club. Come in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not even knowing what you do professionally. Like, <laughs> As long as you good energy, good vibes, yeah. you know, and we get along, like uh-huh. genuinely, you know, right. I would try to see offer up like yeah. how I could be supportive of whatever you're trying to do. That's an- that's like some of the life lessons I try to teach my kids as well. Like just be respectful, right? But also don't take opportunities for granted. Shoot your shot. Yeah, right yeah, for sure. I mean, and you never know until you ask, right? Like right. that's that's another thing too is. You know, it doesn't hurt to ask. I mean, they say no. Okay, cool. Um, At least you shot your shot. Yeah, you yeah. Miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right? For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. But one step beyond that, 
What I also tell my children too is if you're going to make the ask and they say no, then you just didn't ask the right way. Right. <laughs> right. Like you could literally get whatever you want. You just have to learn how to ask the right way. Or ask why not, right? Or again, yeah. most no's also are not yet. Yes. You can always try again. That's right. Down the road. <laughs> All right. Now let's take our last break. And when we come back, I want to understand uh, why he goes here and why Lyle wants to bridge that gap, that chasm between oh. the diaspora and the, the local. And again, what? What's why is he in the startup ecosystem now? And what's this uh, nonprofit that the guys are doing? But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes, all the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll in HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. 20 hey hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Lyle Del Mundo, who then told us the amazing hustle again. This is such a throwback episode, and <laughs> <laughs> always nice to talk to someone who is in nightlife, right? Because yeah. deep inside, and I never changed it. If you look at my handles anywhere, yeah, I'm always party ronster. Okay, yeah. I, I never change it, <laughs> right? Nightlife is still always gonna be me. I always know how to party. Yep. Just don't know. I just I'm retired. I haven't gone to a club since 2016, bro. Wow. 
Nah, because it ended it ended bad. So for me, it's like, but again, party's still inside. I, if I close my eyes, I can still imagine the DJ who I'm gonna see how they. I've been there for too long, so I can always re- relive that life. But oh. Lyle, I want to understand a couple of things because one of the main things I want to really bridge the gap with or the chasm is I see that local homegrown Filipinos. And sorry, that, that's behind the scenes. Local homegrown Filipinos and the diaspora mm-hmm. can actually learn so much from each other. Oh, yeah. But there's mm-hmm. not enough people bridging that gap. Yeah. And here's what's sad, right? Filipinos here locally, sometimes I feel, and this is my hot take, you can cancel me for this, but I've seen so many examples of this, that locals don't love the Philippines enough the same way the diaspora just loves the country and representing their culture as much. Because here, there's like freaking brain drain. They love freaking K-drama more than our fucking shit, right? <laughs> Whereas you guys who are full-blooded Filipino, grew up, born and raised in the States, mm-hmm. just want to give back and trying to connect to their roots and even love where the flag represent. Yep. Why is that? Um, A couple of things. We need to take a step back and really like look at that. You know, what the bigger picture was, yeah. where this Filipino pride came from. Mm. You know, um, it's not yeah, okay. well, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> obviously, that was a big insurgent, uh, right. <laughs> you know, pride for our Philam Filipino diaspora. Yeah. Um, but I think it's because, you know, growing up in the States, like you mentioned earlier, like there's some Filipinos in the diaspora that didn't have the opportunity or weren't fortunate enough, like me, to grow up with other yeah. Filipinos. Yep. As they get older, mm-hmm. you know, they usually around high school, college, that's when they start figuring out their own cultural identity, mm-hmm. right? So they start joining Filipino clubs in their high school or their Filipino clubs in, in college. And from there, you know, because they're growing into maturity, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, they, they want to come back home. But you already know the saying, like, you never really know where you're going until you know where you're from, right? Yeah. So for a lot of you know, and actually I've had these several conversations with the Department of Tourism about this. Yeah. You know, why there isn't more Filipino Americans, yeah. you know, wanting to come home is unfortunately some of the life lessons that some of our parents, I can't say all of our parents, okay. you know, taught us, but a lot of our parents taught us is they would when they would bring us back to the Philippines, they would kind of try to teach us that life lesson to appreciate what we had back in the States. Mm. So they would take us to the most impoverished parts of the country. Right. Obviously we'd go to the province or whatever. And we have to use Tabo. Yep. Right. Exactly. No hot water. Right. (laughs) Like, Mm. um, coffee is a three in one. There you go. You know, or, you know, and then everything that we brought to the Philippines, we would have to leave it here. Correct. (laughs) For our cousins or whatever, yep. who those are all hand me downs. Yeah, who were not as fortunate. Yeah. Now, coming back again as an adult, you know, without having to experience any of that and seeing the actual beauty of the country. Yeah. That's another thing. Like for me personally, I come back like two, three times a year, mm-hmm. and the analogy that I use, you know, and why I'm so proud to be Filipino is like, as if like Superman when he goes. Towards yep. the sun to recharge. Mm. For me, coming home, that's that's, <laughs> that's where I recharge myself, right? Nice. I think, you know, there's some things that people also have to consider, right? Like, you know, there was definitely growing up a lot of, um, a lot of like, 
how do I put this? It unfortunately there was like um, with the Filipinos that grew up here and then migrated there. Yeah, they hate it. At they just a, don't want to go back. Yeah, at a at a you know uh, first generation migrants. Let's yeah. just call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah they just don't. And I don't know if it was because of the experiences that they they had here or whatever yeah. you know. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, they just never really had any interest. But um, right. You know, I think it's important for the Filipino diaspora, mm. you know, to understand that at the end of the day, like we are, you know, one community, right? Like, yeah. You know, there's there's no fresh off the boat. There's no, nope. you know, like, you know, people just growing up as Filipino American. Correct. You know, it, it's just we're all Filipino, period. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, just a matter of where you were born. But at the end of the day, lumpia and Lumpia yeah. here and Lumpia in the States <laughs> is the same. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You get one. There you, you get one. <laughs> That's amazing. But all right, Lyle, you you you're you're talking about this um nonprofit that you're doing. Can yeah. you talk about what's this nonprofit and what's the goal of this nonprofit and who are the people behind this nonprofit that you're talking about? So yeah, about six months ago, last July, I founded in launched a new national creative nonprofit in the States mm. called uh, FACE, Filipinos Advancing Creative Education. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, you already know this, like mm-hmm. every Filipino organization has a damn acronym. Yes. <laughs> so so our, ours is FACE, like there in you your go. face. Mm-hmm. Our mission really is to help make sure, bring our culture to the world, but also help ensure that we have more representation in the mainstream media. Media. So yeah. we're talking about mainstream media, not here in the Philippines, but around the world. Yes. So who are the people with you here? And again, what's the objective? The objective really is, you know, there's lack of Filipinos in, in like mainstream media. I mean, there's more so now. Right. You know, because a lot of the opportunities mm-hmm. that have opened up. But we want to continue to open those type of doors, mm-hmm. you know, for our community. You know, like I... One thing that I respect about Korean media yep. is they productize that shit. Yeah, that mm-hmm. you know, but it they unapologetically put out their content in Korean. They're not trying to like yeah. assimilate. They have a the, really good sense of identity. Yes, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And they have so much influence globally that non-Koreans mm-hmm. are trying to learn the Korean yep. language <laughs> to to consume more Korean yep, yep. media. So I think it would be amazing if we were able to get to a place where our Filipino media can be consumed like that. Yeah. You know, so pretty much with face, this is just my personal opinion, but from what I've seen with some of the biggest Filipino media companies in the yep. world, right? Uh, ABS, CBN, and That's GMA. The guard, man. There you go. <laughs> they, yeah, they've, they've had a footprint – you know, in the United States, mm-hmm. yeah, for the past like couple decades, right? Mm-hmm. They've had some of their successes and mm-hmm. failures, of course. But yep. you know, I, I personally think that they just didn't have the right leadership in place, mm-hmm. you know, um, to actually make shit happen. Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of put together, and I was mentioning I put together kind of this Voltis 5, there you Voltron, go. you know. Voltis 5, so it's Filipino. Filipino. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. For those that <laughs> are listening. Voltis 5 is like Voltron. Just, yeah. Just without the, the caps. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So pretty much uh, I assemble like 85% of our leadership are C-suite executives, you know, at the largest media companies in the world from 
Disney to Warner Media, Atlantic Records, Def Jam, uh, Columbia Records. Wow. Yeah. So like pretty much I put together a lot of the gatekeepers of Hollywood. Absolutely. Um, you know, or entertainment. And again, uh, coming from again, wearing my founder hat here, Podcast Network Asia, the, the, the whole shtick is that I believe we are the best storytellers yeah. in the world. We yeah. have more Marites here than any fucking <laughs> <laughs> any any country in the world. Man, the type of shit we can talk about and without with or without alcohol, yeah, is world class, second to none. Yeah, but in all seriousness, we're a media play. Yep, and dude, the amount of content we put, and again, the international potential of how we can do it, and totally. the amount of content we even create back here. Totally, totally. It's just like, man, that's why I keep going back yeah. to the States. Like, yo, we're doing it here. Yep. I, I need to hook it up. I need help in making sure that, wow, there's a company in Southeast Asia that are now producing 350 active shows. Yeah. Crazy. I don't need any other freaking company who does that. That is Dude, we amazing. released 10,000 episodes last year. Jesus <laughs> And we're produced by the best in the business. So these guys are behind the booth. Best in the business right there. Oh, there you go. Good job, guys. There. Good job. So <laughs> that, that, that's that the shtick that I'm trying to say that there is Filipino excellence who also want to reach out. Yep. who want to have access to to these these, these people because it, it's not, again, zero sum. Yeah. Uh, the way you've seen it, you've been able to connect it. It's the motherland to the mainland. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. When that happens... Magic happens. And I've seen this happen with Kumu, for yeah. example. They were able to harness growth both here, back home, and the Filipino diaspora. Yeah. And look at where they are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sunicorn. Yep. Right there. So that's amazing. Now, I want to understand now what's next. You're, you're building all this stuff. But yeah. what's next for FACE and what are you guys up to next? What's next, I think, for the organization is really uh, development and execution of you know, programs for our creative community. Working alongside the ABS, CBN, GMAs, and other, you know, um, yeah, like you guys, of course, <laughs> to really help create a solid bridge between us here in the motherland and then... The mainland. Yeah, the mainland, there. right? So, you know, like right now, there's a couple of, you know, case studies that we've been working on. So, like... For example, like a few of our board members, you know, they're working with like James Reed and like Bam. Liza. You Liza's know. one of our progressors, by the way. Oh, no. Nice. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, to, to, you know, help them with their career path, you yep. know, in the States. And, you know, a bunch of our other local friend, talented friends are also exploring those type of opportunities. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, for example, one of them just came a couple of weeks ago and I introduced wow. her to, she went through five of our board members just to kind of. Nice. You know, feel feel it out and try mm. to figure out which direction she should take, you know, when it comes to management, mm -hmm. you know, or on the music side or, mm -hmm. you know, like obviously, you know, our creative community here is so damn talented. It's natural. Uh, yeah. 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 Right most, most definitely. Mm -hmm. But then it's also, again, like I mentioned, like all relationships is like mm -hmm. a two-way street, right? So people like Bretman, the other Filipino-American talents that want to do projects out here. Right. You know, we're also like her. You know, yes, yeah, her, dude. She wasn't even freaking when she was just a kid. Yeah. Dude, she was here everywhere, and then people were like, "Oh, you're nice." But all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, Gabby yeah. just like, oh, yeah. now she is freaking 
uh, Beauty and Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I mean, rocking the rocking the guitar too. Yeah, Ooh. no, totally. I mean, that's just one example, right? Wow. Like, as far as Filipino pride, Filipino excellence, like, yep. you know, she waves the flag proudly. You yep. know, and it was even in the costume that you had mentioned, Beauty yeah. and the Beast, right? She had like the indigenous like babayan. Yeah, uh, that's you amazing. Know, yeah, on the on her shirt. But anyway. So I think, you know, definitely what's uh, really next for Face is, you know, helping mm -hmm. identify, mm -hmm. you know, um, not only different talents, but different mm -hmm. like opportunities, creative opportunities. And, you know, what we're looking to do, you know, is multiple, pro launch multiple programs. Yeah. So one being financial literacy for, yes. for creatives, right? All right. You know, um, they're... There's no a couple, Supreme Guns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Not, not that way. I mean, there's there's a lot of talented people out there, but they just don't spend it on ice. Guys. Yeah. You don't yeah. need ice or grills. Grills are back now, by the way, too. Yeah. I actually saw that the other day. I was like, uh, what the what? people are starting. Right. <laughs> Nelly anyway. is proud. Yeah. 2008 Nelly is proud. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah. I mean, it, that's another way, like, for sure our community will succeed is yeah. if they just get their money right. You know, yes. which, again, it wasn't taught in the household, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, helping them understand, like, the pros and cons of, like, say, a 360 deal or nice. a TV development deal or production yep. deal. Yep. Just those type of basics. I that's think amazing. That's important, like, you know, what publishing looks like and, yes. you know, royalties. Like, even the concept of, like. IP, right? Yes. Um, that's one so of you don't get taken advantage of. That's right. There you go. So that's one of the programs that we'll be launching. Another is, um, you know, we're we're developing this creative grant program. Mm. You know, every marginalized community, I mean, always talks about, you know, our voices need to be heard yep. or stories need to be told. You know, uh, in the LGBTQ, Black, Latino, mm -hmm, you know, obviously mm -hmm, the Asian. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that, that shit costs money. That's amazing. Right? Yep. So... Our hope is to develop this creative fund where we're able to seed fund as many creative projects as possible. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the more stories that are told, I believe you guys do that like here in the thousands, right? Yeah. Like once our stories are told, like the more stories that are told, Correct. the more chances and opportunity for us to be heard. But also like, you know, we're also developing like mentorship programs, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, different master classes. So like we'll be launching this master. I'll just give you an example. Mm -hmm. We're launching this master class <clears throat> with uh, one of our buddies, uh, Eric Bauza. He's a voice actor and he wants to make sure there's more Filipino voice actors out there. There's a shit ton from here, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <know>. yeah. <laughs> so currently Eric is the voice of one of the most iconic cartoon characters, Bugs Bunny. Are you kidding Daffy me? Duck, yeah, Tweety Bird. And he's Filipino. So, what? yeah, obviously. I couldn't hear the accent. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. I mean, I mean, today is the start of Lent, right? So maybe he'll have one by the time Easter comes out. He's going to be encouraging everyone to color balut instead of go. like... Uh, <laughs> Everyone's going to go not on an Easter egg oh, hunt. Man. They're going to hunt for a bullet. That's amazing. But anyway, so yeah, that's just an example of like the type yep. of mentorship, you know, programs that we'll be offering. Um, you know, we're doing internship pipelines. So one of our other buddies, Jay Oliva, it's the only Filipino-owned animation studio in Hollywood, which is called Lex and Otis. Are you kidding? Yeah. So, you know, he storyboarded, he storyboarded most of uh, all of Zack Snyder's projects, Man of Steel, Are Justice you? League. What? 
directed um, the majority, you know, a, a large yeah, yeah. Um, portfolio of those DC animated films. And also was like the executive director, producer of like Tresse on that was on Netflix. Oh my yeah. God. Again, so Liza also. Yeah, Liza again. Uh, so he also wants to make sure that there's more Filipino animators out there. So we're going to launch this internship pipeline so wow. that you know, uh, right into his studio so that, wow. you know, some of our talented animators can learn, you know, from some of the best, right? Yes. And then hopefully be able to pivot into other studios, mm. like Disney Animation or Oof. Warner Animation or whatever. Right? Um, so that's kind of like just an example of some of the programs that we'll be launching. Um, mm-hmm. I would say for the future of FACE, part of that is um, really being able to create a sustainable organization. And I think one thing that we've learned, a lot of us at FACE were actually former board members. I was the former president of the board at uh, SIPA, which is one of the oldest, shout out to SIPA, mm. one of the oldest Filipino nonprofits. Yeah. You know, in based in historic Filipino town. They yep, celebrate, mm-hmm. Yeah, celebrated 50 years. One thing that we learned from SIPA is, and how SIPA has been able to sustain over the past five decades is they own their own shit. Yeah. So... Which we learned, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but they are probably one of, uh, if not the only Filipino-American nonprofit that uh, has a portfolio of real estate. Ooh. Yeah, That's what I, we're talking about, like, as far as sustainability is, yeah. you know, and how they've been able to manage to be around for so long is, you know, they own their own shit. And if you really, truly want to have a seat at the table, yep. like, you got to own your own shit. Correct. So, like, you know, getting a meeting with, like, City Hall or the mayor's office, obviously, yeah. for them, because they're a big integral part of the community Correct. and they own their own shit. Like, That's they're weird. able to do that. So, with us, part of our goal in the next five years is to own our own shit and really kind of take a page out of, like, the Korean playbook and mm. build a creative campus, a multiple Ooh. creative campuses across the country. Yeah. You know, where we're able to provide, again, the resources, the tools, and education. You already know where to get the podcast shit. Bro. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We have a home. Yeah. And welcome to do that for, for everyone here. But a couple of things, Lyle, before yeah. we let you go and cap this episode right here. Just for those people who are listening here who, again, are not that good yet with their networking game. What are your tips for people who want to be as good as you, or again, to, to really up their game in networking to make sure that they harness what they plant. Yeah, I think uh, what I had mentioned earlier, definitely, when you meet people, definitely, you know, for one, it has to come from a good place. You know, mm. like, for one, do not, like, don't come off like that douchebag. <laughs> like, oh, so what do you do? Oh, you're a janitor? Okay, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> like, Asshole. Yeah, it's like, oh, God. Kupal. Which, yeah, there you go. <laughs> which a lot of the time when people ask me like that type of question, yeah. you know, within the first, especially in Hollywood, right? Mm. Everyone's pretentious. Like, you know, they, <laughs> everyone's oh, trying to figure out how to like. One up each other. Yeah. So typically in the within the first few minutes, people are like, oh, so what do you do? And then, you know, when that question comes up, usually I'll say stuff like, oh, um, I work in janitorial services. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or whatever, right? Just so they leave me alone. Right. <laughs> because knowing right. just the vibes they're giving off. Right. So I think, yeah, definitely, you know, when you're networking, just be genuine. And mm-hmm. again, you know, it's a two-way street, right? So, right. you know, identify, 
you know, how you could help them, you know, in the hope that maybe, yeah, maybe later along the line that they can help you. Regardless, I mean, and I think that's very important, you know, when it comes to networking. But also putting yourself and surrounding with your, yourself with, you know, uh, for me, I surround myself with people who are smarter than me, right? Mm. Like I, you know, because I think being a student of life is very yeah. important. Learning from these, like, professionals that mm. have decades of experience, I think it's, yep. that's very key. So, you know, that kind of also says a lot who you network with. Yes. Right? Like, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I, that's another thing definitely when you're networking is put yourself in, a, you know, a better yeah. situation or position where you could actually learn. Absolutely. All right. Last, uh, last question. So hypothetically, if yeah. I give you the keys to the time machine again, yeah, and here I'll give you. This is my DeLorean. Let's say it's a DeLorean, uh, Back to the Future, right here. But this time we go all the way back, and you'll have the ability to talk to yourself on that moment where you said, "All right, God, I need to own up my shit. I need to be an adult." Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what would be your the, the advice you're gonna give to yourself? Uh, definitely, I would say you know be more mindful of time. Mm. I think globally, everyone knows this, that especially after the pandemic, we're like, tomorrow's never promised. Absolutely. Right. And being able to understand and appreciate the time that you have with family, yep. you know, the time that you have with colleagues, mm -hmm. you know, know that your time is worth and it's important that you're not wasting any of that. Yeah. I think if I knew that information, like back then, I would have... Yeah, but more <laughs> deliberate. Yes, yes. Um, on how much time I spent doing certain things or, uh -huh. or with people or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably time is probably the the biggest thing. That is amazing. Thank you so much, <laughs> Lyle. And again, glad we got this conversation. Now it's for the one for the books, and it immortalized now oh. in our. Interwebs, but again, before I let you go, um, what, where do they hit you up if they want to work with you? What's up next? And invite people over to reach out. Um, yeah, I think if you want to reach out to me, definitely. Um, it sounds kind of weird, but you can just slide in my DMs. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. my IG is uh, I am of the world. Mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people are still they don't understand why I am the, the of the world. It's you know, for those that don't know Spanish, obviously uh, Del Mundo is of the world. So it's, <laughs> that's why I chose that yep. uh, handle. Just translated it. Yeah. So that's just my personal Instagram. But you can also follow Face, um, which is just at F-A-C-E-F-W-D. That's mm -hmm. their IG. Faceforward. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the website is also uh, faceforward.org. There yeah. you go again, Lyle. Thank you very much. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of how we create this content, not just Hustle Share podcast, but our, our brand new show that we're launching soon is called Founders Only. You can check it out on premium like at hustleshare.com. Again, thank you very much, Lyle. Thanks for having me. I love it. It was so fun. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.